1: baseball season it comes and goes but crawford bach just flows and flows it's the bach to drink any time of year you don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer you can rock the bach at a music festival or rodeo shakespeare in the park or lowrider car show it's the bach for bonfires and happy hour south padre even your next baby shower so share a crawford bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros and when baseball season comes back let's go stroves
2: this episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing. Today, the Houston Astros play Game 2 of the American League Championship
3: Series against the Tampa Bay Rays at Petco Park in San Diego. Game 1 went the Rays' way as they picked up a 2-1 win over the Astros. Jose Altuve, two hits, including a homer. Robert Valdez, a tough-luck loser, striking out eight and allowing two runs over six innings as the Rays lead this best-of-seven series, one game to none. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Well, today the Astros will turn to Lance McCullers Jr., in game two and McCullers had a, a bit of a rough one in game one of the division series against Oakland but finished the season very strong for the Astros
4: yeah as as we all know Lance McCullers Jr. can be very very good sometimes and usually that comes at Minute Maid Park and, and on the road he's struggled uh, a little bit throughout his career as ERA about twice as what it is uh, in Houston but when he's good, he's really good. And he can beat anybody when he's really good. As we saw uh, he him throwing 24 straight curveballs to the New York Yankees to get the Astros into the 2017 World Series. We've got to have a heads up really early in this ballgame whether or not he can land that curveball for strikes and if he gets swing and misses. If he does, look out. He can go deep. Meanwhile, it's Charlie Morton
3: on the mound for the Rays. Of course, the Astros are very familiar with him, and they faced him in the postseason as well. Morton's been hurt for for much of this year, but uh, Astros fans certainly know what he's capable of.
4: Well, what he's capable of is putting hitters away. And I think if you're a hitter, you don't want to get to two strikes because of his vertical attack. I mean, he can go upstairs with the fastball, that four-seamer, and also bury a really nasty curveball. So I think the Astros have to be ready to hit low strikes early in the counts and try to take advantage of him that way
3: keys to the game presented by Honda. Visit your local greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals in all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, one of the things the Astros have done a great job of uh, this postseason, particularly in a division series, was hitting with runners in scoring position. Wasn't quite the same yesterday as the Astros stranded 10 runners on base, but uh, the key is to get these opportunities and, and hope that you cash in on some of these. I mean, you also have to give the race pitcher some credit as well and her defense some credit as well, but you hope the Astros continue to to, to get these opportunities with men in scoring position to try and
0: come through.
4: And I'll take a, a, another step forward, and I think you have to take advantage of the matchups that are presented. Yesterday with a, a lefty in there, Aaron Loop in there, the Astros had the, the matchup they wanted with a couple of righties after that. That's when you had to take advantage of it. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros manager Dusty Baker, and a little later, we'll hear from Kevin Cash,
3: manager of the Rays, as well as both starting pitchers, Lance McCullers Jr. and Charlie Morton, but now this from your local
0: station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford Boxes?
3: Deep to left field, and you can kiss
5: that good ball into the Landry's Crawford Boxes.
0: How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bock? Carbox Crawford Bock pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Well, Dusty, we've been having these conversations a little
6: too often lately with uh, another contemporary of yours, another Hall of Famer passing away. The news coming out this morning that uh, Hall of Famer, two-time MVP Joe Morgan passed away at at 77. And... uh, I'm sure you had plenty of interactions with Joe as a player, and also when Joe was a broadcaster and you were a manager. What do you remember about Joe Morgan?
1: Well, I mean, I remember a lot about Joe Morgan. You know, he's one of the one of the uh, small guys, like like um, <clears throat> you know, one of the original small guys with power and speed. You know, like Jose Altuve, and uh, um, you know, he told me many times how. Nelly Fox, another smaller player, really influenced him uh, while he was in Houston, and you know we became good over the, uh, good friends over the years. And you know I could talk to Joe about about anything, and uh, you know we talk, you know about life, about business, about politics, about a bunch of stuff. And when I couldn't get him the last month, I figured there's some people that told me that he you know, was sick. They didn't tell me the first call I got this morning. And then, uh, you know, they asked me to call around to, you know, some of the other greats, you know, to announce the news. And uh, it was a very, you know, emotional morning for me, which, boy, it puts like I said yesterday, it puts everything in, in perspective. And um, so, uh, uh, boy, you know, life carries on, but uh, it sure makes it tough sometimes. So, you know, I just wish uh, you know his family and his daughters and everybody. You know, you know, send my condolences to them. And you know, not only was he great in Houston and great in Cincinnati and San Francisco and Oakland, and I think about him and Jimmy Wayne because they were roommates. And uh, you know, you know, roommates are are leaving. You know, leaving Earth. I, you know, when you think about roommates, you think about Bob Gibson and. New Rock, how close they were. And so just let you know that, uh, you know, time passes on. Uh,
6: Well said, Dusty. Um, Game one of the uh, ALCS yesterday. um, And we've seen the Astros, particularly in that division series against Oakland, really do a good job of building innings and finding ways to score with things other than just a long ball. Uh, But last night, a lot of opportunities just – uh, really, the the first time uh, this postseason, we have really seen the Astros not capitalize on some of those.
1: Well, I mean, you can't you can't guide the ball. All you can do is just, you know, get a good pitch to hit and hit it hard. And um, you know, we hit some balls hard, especially off a of Snell early. And uh, you know, we just didn't didn't find holes. So like I said, you can't guide the ball. You know what I mean? And then, you know the you know the hit that beat us was. You know Everybody talks about exit speed, but that was the exit, low exit speed hit. And, uh, you know, you'll take, you'll take those, you know, you got to find some holes, uh, you know, like he didn't hit the ball very hard, but he he hit it right past Jose, uh, diving Jose Altuve. And that was a game winner. And, uh, you know, we threatened. Then they they got a, a ball that was up the middle. You know, if it's one way or the other, they can't turn the double play. And so, uh, uh, you know, it it was a thing that you got to forget yesterday and then build on it uh, and then start again, you know, today.
6: Robert Valdez, we're going uh, six innings yesterday. You have Lance McCullers, Jr. on the mound today. When you are thinking about your starter as they get later into their outing and then when you're thinking about how you're going to use your bullpen and how long you're going to use certain guys, how much does – the fact that there are no off days in this series that could potentially go seven games come into play for you.
1: Well, it does come into play, but basically you got to win today. You know what I mean? And, uh, and then we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. I mean, it's in the back of your mind, but what's prevalent is, is, is today. And, uh, so, you know, we'd like to even the series today, uh, you know, we feel we got a good, good clutch man on the mound. You know, we, we know, um, uh, uh, you know, the pitcher of record, uh, Charlie Moore, on the other side. We know him well, and hopefully, we can get to him and uh, and get to him early, and you know, before they get to the, you know, the back end of their bullpen. Because the back end of their bullpen is very good. I mean, everybody knows that. So, uh, but you know, that's the same thing that we faced in Oakland, and so uh, our, the difference is, is that we're down one zero versus in, in, in Minnesota and Oakland. Uh, you know, we're up, you know, one nothing. So, hey, man, if you're going to win, you're going to have to come back. Uh, I mean, not always going to have the lead. You're not always going to, you know, win that first game, but you want to get the fork, you know, before they do. Uh, any clarity on your rotation beyond game two today? Uh, yeah. Well, we're going with, uh, you know, Rakiti tomorrow, you know, and, uh, you know, we got full confidence in him and that, you know, he's, uh, you know, that was his only bad outing of the year, uh, you know, the – and so, uh, and, and he got bitten by the 0-2 by the bug because he had 0-2 on number of hitters and, and made mistakes, and we don't anticipate that happening again.
6: All right, Dusty Baker, Astro's manager. Thanks for joining us. Good luck today. All right, man. Thank you. All right. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this.
2: This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing.
4: Both starting pitchers today, Lance McCullers Jr. and Charlie Morton, talk about today's pivotal game.
5: Uh, obviously, the Rays are a, a talented team. Um, you know, we, we got to watch as many games as we could uh, leading, leading up to this series um, when they were playing the Yankees. I've I, I faced quite a few of these guys, though. I um, faced them a couple times and uh, 17 once or twice and 18 as well. So um, there are some new guys that, that I haven't uh, faced before. But um, there are also some that I have. So, um, but I'm really just going to uh, rely on, uh, you know, what I do best. How special is this for you to be in this position after all the work you put in, after all you've been through to be able to position
7: to start game two of the ALCS?
5: No, it's, it's, it's been a – I've really enjoyed – I mean, it's, the year has been difficult. I mean, there's no, I'm not going to sugarcoat it uh, with the, with the COVID and all the protocols and, you know, kind of ups and downs in the season. It's, 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 it was a, you know, it was a, a difficult year, but um, you know, we're, we're here now, we're playing good baseball. Um, I think the part that I'm enjoying the most is, you know, I, I'm more kind of in a, in a leadership role on, 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 on this team um, versus teams in the past. So, um, I'm enjoying that aspect and I'm enjoying watching our guys play because, uh, you know, um, I care for them. And I've been with a lot of these guys for a long time. And when they're playing well, um, it's really fun to watch. Jake Kaplan.
8: Since Framber Valdez first became your teammate late in 2018, how have you seen him evolve and mature over the, the three seasons to, to
5: get to this point where he is now? Uh, I think his, 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 his ability to throw strikes um, he's always had the stuff. He's always had great stuff. That you know, ever since he came up, it's really just been more about the, um, you know, the strike throwing, the consistency. And I, I think that uh, this this year, um, even back into even back into regular spring training, uh, you, you could see the growth. Uh, it's it's he's he's really fun to watch. He he's very easygoing, um, even even during these big moments, these big games. Um, so um, you know, we're expecting another great start um, out of Framber. Brian McTaggart. Hey, you mentioned, uh, taking on this leadership role. Just what, what does that kind of entail for you this year? No, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm our representative. I'm our PA representative. Um, so that's been, um, that's been, that's been a lot of, that's been a lot of work this year. Uh, you know, but the, you know, in spring training, going back to spring, you know, I, I kind of continued a tradition that, that Keuchel, um, had kind of uh, done many spring trainings where he would go around and get a lot of the young guys, especially the guys from his group. And, uh, you know, would would, would kind of take them to eat and, uh, you know, be there for them. And I'm thinking back on it. um, You know, I know scrub was at that dinner. uh, Taylor was at that dinner. uh, Paredes was at that dinner. um, B So um, there may have been a couple, I think maybe I'm not sure if hobby was there or not, but you know, just, kind of looking back, it's, it's, it's funny to see all the guys that we kind of got together for, for a big dinner during spring, um, you know, are, have all played such big roles for us. And then, uh, um, you know, uh with the, with the players association and, and throw the things we've had to, you know, you know, deal with this season. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to represent um, our team and, uh, you know, feel like, uh, we have a lot of young guys that, that look to the guys that have been around and you know, I'm happy to, uh, you know, be there for them. Adam am Hey Lance, with all the first and second year guys that you have on the roster, does it it all remind you just with the way they carry themselves, the way they are with each other, does it remind you at all of the group that you came up with in 15? Yes. And the, you know, that's, um, you know, that's, that's the really cool part about being a team that, continues to, you know, we, we have our pieces that we've brought in. Obviously we have, um, you know, guys that we've extended and, and we've rewarded here trades, et cetera. And we also have a big group of guys that, that have come to the minor leagues together. And, you know, there's no, there's no replacement, um, you know, especially over a short season like this, um, then, you know, guys being able to feel comfortable, feel comfortable with each other, feel comfortable in the clubhouse, you know, really not so much in 15, but definitely in 17 Beyond, you know, the, our, our clubhouse culture here has been um, has been un, unbelievable. And uh, I think the guys feel comfortable coming to coming to the field, being themselves. And it gives them the opportunity to really, you know, uh, perform at, the best they can.
3: You mentioned wanting to do uh, go out, and do your best or do what you do on uh, in, in game two. Where are you at every aspect of your of your repertoire right now? Would you say in terms of what you're confident in and what what you expect to be able to lean on at this point?
5: Well, man, um, my last, you know, even, even last start, I was, I was happy with, with, with the stuff that I had, I had a little bit of execution issues on, on some of the pitches, um, you know, but that, but that's going to happen. But my the stuff wise, uh, really ever since, um, you know, I, ha- I came off, uh, the DL there in September with the little nerve issue. Um, you know, I've, I've really felt like my stuff has been at the top of its game. I haven't used my changeup as much because the matchups, um, maybe haven't been there, but, um, I'll take a look tonight and there's opportunities for, you know, meetings to change up a lot. I feel comfortable doing that, but I feel like my curveball's pretty much back, um, you know, to where, where I've expected it to where I've, I've needed it to be. Uh, my fastball command, um, really is there. Um, you know, i am integrating the cutter now, uh, which is, you know, giving me the opportunity to change levels on hitters. And then obviously I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, get that change up back in there because, um, it's, it's a really, it's a really good pitch. I just have to find my, find my points and uh, attack with it. Steven Nelson. Hey, Lance, with the potential first seven games
7: in seven days, you know, I asked Pete Fairbanks on the other side if they picked up anything as a staff on how to navigate that, and he just said I might just take more leave." And I know it's a little different for you as, as a starting pitcher, but uh, have you guys as arms discussed um, you know, how you might go about this week or if you picked up anything over the course of this you know, gauntlet of a season?
5: No, I mean, um, yeah, seven games straight through, you know, obviously. So starters for one and two, um, you know, would would be on normal rest for six and seven. Uh, I I think it's, you know, we're going to have to, um, you know, rely. I think the starters, we're we're hoping to go deeper into games, uh, you know, this series. We're hoping to, um, you know, throw the ball well and allow our bullpen to um, not have to overextend themselves. Uh, you know, so seven, seven games in a row, we, we do, it, we do it all the time during the season, but, um, you know, never at, at this type of uh, intensity, but we, we have a lot of guys down there, guys that really didn't even get to pitch, um, in that first series, uh, you know, scrub, um, I'm still extremely confident, um, and the ability and, and the stuff that Josh James brings to the table. Uh, I think he's going to pitch big innings for us. So we have we have guys down there. Uh, Blake Taylor came in a couple times, but it, it was for it was you know uh, you know a batter here uh, or an inning here. So I think have a lot of guys down there um, that that didn't pitch a ton there in, uh, in last series, but are going to come up
9: big for us. Mark Tompkin.
8: Hey Lance, I know uh, you didn't get to participate last year, but the hometown battle angle here. Um, you hear from some of your friends, and are you looking forward to this? I'm sure it means a little something.
5: Um, no, nah, I mean, uh, yeah, my buddies there. We have a lot. We have a lot of group chats with me and Brett Phillips in it. Uh, so there's a lot of "Let's go, Lance and Brett" uh, going on in the in the chat. So uh, I know my boys back home are pulling for me though, and uh, I texted my brother-in-law the other day. He's a huge race fan. I said, Hey, you, you, you gotta just, you gotta at least root for me during, during my start. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised Tampa, Florida. Um, actually went to the tr- trop quite a few times, uh, growing up, um, was there in, in 08, uh, for the ALCS and, 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 world series games. Uh, I think I actually saw Boggs's 3000 hit there too. Um, so yeah, man, you know, a little, I, I gotta make sure that, that, um, that I put on for the, for, for the, for Houston. No, this time.
8: No. All right, Lance. Sorry. Thank you. Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, you enjoy the fact that you, even though you didn't get to participate last year, the rematch allowed you to participate.
5: Oh, I mean, I, I, actually was, uh, I was down in Florida last year, rehabbing. Um, so my TJ. So I actually got to drive up for the, uh, first couple games there in Tropicana field. Um, when, uh, you know, when, when we played, but, um, Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm definitely much happier that I get to participate this year than down in Florida rehabbing uh, TJ. It was. It was tough to not only not be with the team, but um, not being able to you know help. So I'm very excited uh, to be back in in this position. And like I said, I mean, I think the Rays have a great team. Um, You know, I think it's going to be a really good series. And Charlie
4: ponders his future. I've
7: been part of some great organizations. Uh, I feel like the relationships I have with the people here. I, I mean, I, I feel like I can walk, I couldn't, I could talk to any, any of them, just like I would talk to my neighbor um, or a friend. Like I can, I can text Eric or I can call him anytime in the middle of the night. Um, somebody that truly cares about his guys, um, people that he works with and the coaching staff here, everybody here uh, has, has made, um, the past couple of years and, and especially this year, um, uh, an enjoyable experience. I mean, I, like, I can't imagine being on a team that, um, where you felt like people didn't really care about you like and about, about everybody, um, going to the field during this time where so much of it has been about the money and, um, In the business side of it to where, you know, I, I get in the car, I drive up to the stadium and it's like the guy, like the guys are all in, you know, they're, they're, they're in on, they're in on doing this for each other for playing for each other. They're in on the protocols, following protocols for each other. Um, they care about, they care about each other every single day. And if a team like that, um, wants me back next year, I'd be completely honored and, uh, and privileged to, to, you know, to continue to play. And I mean, not, needless to say, we live 40, 40 something miles away from the trap. Um, you know, be, like being out here in this, in the bubble, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I, I've grown, I've, I've grown to appreciate my situation even more um, with the race. You know, we got a, we got a pandemic going on. I'm thousands of miles away here from my family. Um, you know, I, I have, I have friends, I have good friends in the game that were in a similar situation to to what I'm, what I'm in now, you know, out here on the West coast, families back in Florida, didn't see their family, didn't see their kids, uh, their, their wife or kids for, you know, three plus months and there I am, you know, like what a situation to be in, in this time, you know, with, with a great group getting to live at home. Um, Just it couldn't, couldn't have been better from, from that standpoint and my experience here with the Rays couldn't have been better. So yeah, I mean, I, I I'm a Ray, you know, I feel like I, I, I'm a, um, but, and like I said, like if, if, if this is the last year, and I and I retire as a Ray. I you know, I'd be I'd be proud. And then
4: Tampa Bay Rays manager Kevin Cash tries to quantify his team's it factor.
5: I feel we have it. Uh, I think the guys in our clubhouse uh, feel we have it. Uh, that knack for you know and you know the, the one thing that you learn with our club over sixty or one sixty-two, we're in a lot of tight ball games. And tight ball games are going to teach you how to. You got to teach yourself a little bit how to win those. And that's mistake-free, uh, playing clean, doing things that, that just don't allow the extra 90 feet or the extra base runner, or you know the value of that is just huge. And you know the last two wins, we've won two to one. You you don't, there's no margin for error. And I think our guys take that approach every single night when they take the field.
4: We'll be back with more Astro launch right after this.
2: Astrocast is poured for you you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLB and your Astros brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford
4: boxes. Subscribe to Astrocast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way.
5: Um, do you feel like you guys kind of let Snell off the hook a little bit, just given
7: kind of his command issues, and, and you guys couldn't get more than one run across against him?
10: Uh, I, was, I thought our bats were awesome today. Um, just didn't get that one big hit, but, I mean, I was extremely happy with our teams at bats all day today and uh, is very encouraging to see. Brian McTiger. Uh What about the bats just specifically, Alex? Uh, just give you the, kind of the encouragement going forward that you guys are still kind of where you were during the A-Series. I mean, hitting the ball hard in line drives. Um, I think we we didn't punch out a lot at all. I don't know how many, maybe four, five, six, something in there. What is it? Six, five, something like that, five but what was it? I think it was five. Yeah, I mean, I thought the at bats were awesome. Um, just didn't get that big hit tonight today. Um, that's baseball. Um, keep putting up those good at bats and um, I like our chances.
8: Anything else for Alex? Adam spell Lane, go ahead.
5: Alex, does that make this any easier to take that you did have good at bats and you did have your chances in this game you just couldn't get anything to sweep through?
10: Oh, I mean, this is a long series. Um, I don't think it comes down to being easier to take or anything like that. I think it's more so just like, I think it's more confidence than anything for our guys um, putting together solid A-Bs. Because um, we know when we do that, and we pass the torch to the next guy, eventually that big hit's going to come. And um, I was super encouraged by our bats today. Now they have a great—they have a great team, great pitching staff, um, and they—they they made the pitches when they needed to. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to playing more baseball. I mean, it was fun. This—I love playing here um, at this ballpark. It's just the weather's perfect. Everything is amazing. It's. Uh, great place to play baseball. So it's a lot of fun. Um I mean it just felt good to be out there. It was like it was really really fun to play baseball today. Right, right, Tiger. How'd you like hitting with a four man outfield? <laughs> I had it happen once before. Um I think the twins did it to me um in twenty eighteen. But I mean nothing changes for me. It's the same uh same approach trying to swinging a good pitch and hit a ball hard and um, yeah I mean this hey this field is awesome we love I mean it's this this it just feels like baseball out here it feels good it's uh, all right questions for Fromber Valdez Chandler you want to start yeah Fromber. the pitch to
7: Araza Reyna was that located where you wanted it to be located
8: yeah, that's, that's where I wanted to execute the pitch in the upper the upper corner up there. Um, but he, he executed as well. I mean, he's he's been hitting a lot lately and put a good swing on it. And he he executed. But that's where I wanted to,
7: to throw it. Uh, Fromberg coming out and striking out the first three guys uh, on 11 pitches. Your your curveball looked really sharp. Just to start the game like that. Just what kind of uh, lift did that give you going forward? Just to get off on that foot.
9: Yeah,
8: it helped me um, with my confidence and to feel comfortable from the beginning there. So um, to, to punch those the first three guys out, um, and it made the the first inning made it easier. I mean, honestly, um, there's always going to be complications within the game. Um, it's normal, um, but I felt I don't, I don't complain about what happened. I feel like I executed the majority of my pitches. Obviously, I'll miss a couple. That's normal, um, but it was it was good to get off on a good start like that. David Baer. Robert,
3: do you have any thoughts on the ability of the bullpen tonight to keep? Uh, keep the uh, the race off the board in the two innings that they pitched?
8: Yeah, they did a really important job of keeping the game within reach there, um, and that's what they've been preparing for. I mean, I, I really have a lot of confidence in every single reliever we have out there um, that they do the, the job of preparing for whatever the situation is that they have to come into, um, however many runs that is they need, and however many innings they need to cover to keep us in the game. So um, it's inspirational to see those guys um, and the, the preparation they do and also the job that they were able to do to keep us in the game and, and keep, the cl- the, keep the game close. Yeah, so I felt that the Rays' batters were really decisive um, with their game plan tonight. I mean, they were very they were all in on when they decided to swing and I saw that um, and was able to make some adjustments. Um, and, and when they did have some success against me, it's because you know they executed their game plan. Um, they have a bat in their hand as well and they have an opportunity to, to do damage of eight um, sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I, I, the, the times that I was laughing out there, it's just I try to stay loose um, during the game. Uh, I don't like to be too tight out there when I take things too seriously, so sometimes it's good to just laugh and, and relax a little bit out there. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like this this year I've had a chance to really demonstrate the pitcher that I am and that I always have been. Um, I, I had times in the past where games could get away from me a little bit in the middle of the game, but I've made adjustments to my game this year, um, and it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me to pitch deep into games. I know some people might think that, it's surprising to see a guy in his first year in the playoffs going seven or eight innings. Um, but for me, I know that's who I am as a pitcher um, and I've gained confidence um, with every outing. And, and for me, it's, um, I just feel blessed to have the success that I have this year. Yeah, obviously as a pitcher, you want the umpire to call strike on every single pitch, whether it's off the uh, inside corner, outside, or a little bit high, um, but you can't think about it too much because if you're thinking about it too much, you, you can't do it. Um, so I had to make a little bit of adjustment sometimes and maybe come a little bit further over the plate. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's something that you can't worry about too much. You just have to, have to focus on executing.
0: There's a looper to left center field. are going to have to hurry on that one. Morgan, do it. he got it. A beautiful play by Joel Morgan. Oh, boy, was that a beauty. There was a cinch base hit as Joel Morgan went out into shallow left center field and was parallel to the grass. Here's the pitch to Bird, a ground ball to the right of Morgan. Hard play, nice stop, throw to first. Oh, hey, beauty. There's no way that play can be made. Joe Morgan went to his right, not only saved a run, which appeared to be his only chance, but he got Berta at first base. And they don't come much better than that. Here's the windup by Lee and the 3-0 pitch to Morgan. That's ball four. Well, he's just tied Lou Gehrig. Boy, there's a name right there that you like to be associated with in baseball. 1,508
9: walks for Morgan during his career.
3: Robert Ford, joined by Hall of Famer Joe Morgan, and of course, a great baseball career, great career in broadcasting as well. Why don't you let folks know what, what you're up to these days?
9: Well, at this particular time, I work for the Reds. I'm a uh senior advisor (laughs) to baseball operations and the owner and uh, i have a honda dealership here in cincinnati so i spend time here with my honda dealership and i spend the rest of the time in california i live in danville california i grew up in oakland california and i live out in the suburbs now Uh, so i spend you know most of the time back and forth those two places but that's basically what i'm doing of course, a lot of baseball fans associate you with your
3: time with the Big Red Machine, but of course you started your career with the Astros, actually the Colt 45s when you first came up in 63 and were there for the first nine seasons of your, of your big league career. You got up in 63 and 64, I believe, just a handful of games each year. At what point did you feel like, hey, I'm, a, I'm an established big leaguer, I, I have an idea of, of what I'm capable of?
9: Well, being a small guy as I was, mm-hmm. you know, it was always skepticism. So I was never convinced until I finished my first year. And I proved that I could play every day because that was one of the things back in the day. I was five, seven, 150 pounds. And I played 90 straight games my rookie year. Mm-hmm. And after that, they didn't question me anymore about whether I could, you know, understand the rigors of a whole season. Uh, so I, I was convinced then I was a big leaguer and all I wanted to do was get better. Um, and you you bring up a good point that I want to make this point. Mm
0: -hmm.
9: Everybody thinks, you know, after I got to Cincinnati, I became a good player and blah, blah, blah. Well, I learned how to play baseball in Houston. They taught me there. I had great, great instructors, Bob Lillis, who was manager there after a while, uh, Eddie Casco, Joe Gaines, Nellie Fox was my favorite. I, I, I idolized nelly fox when i was a kid and jackie robinson those were my two heroes um, and then i want i don't want to forget walt bond and lee may those guys taught me how to play the game and by the time i got to cincinnati I already knew how to play i just came to a team that all of my skills blended in well with some great players, you yeah. know, Bench, Rose Perez, Foster, Griffey, all those guys, and the things that I did worked in so well, but I knew how to play when I got here, and so uh, I want to make that point. I learned how to be a baseball player in, in Houston. And those early Astros teams in the in the 60s, a lot of young talent,
3: you guys like you and Rusty Staub, just so many guys, and that really seemed to be kind of a, a point of emphasis for those, for those early Astros teams.
9: Well, the one thing they made the mistake on They didn't stick with it long enough. They Mm -hmm. had a lot of us, a lot of young guys, like you mentioned, pitchers, Mm -hmm. a lot of different players. And they started to break the team up. I I won't say people got impatient, but something happened. And I got traded to Cincinnati. And I have to tell you, I went to the All Star game, you know, like my second year over in Cincinnati. And Mm -hmm. on that All Star team, there were like five other guys that I'd played with in Houston that were now on other teams. Rusty Staub, uh, Mike Cuellar, Jimmy Wynn had gone to uh, L.A., mm-hmm. uh, Bob Watts. I was a whole group of guys that were on the same team I was on in Houston. We we're on all-star team for a, separate, for a different team. That's why I say the impatience, because I think if they would have stayed, left us together, I think we would have become a very good team for a long time. Were you surprised? And I believe it was November of 71 when
3: you got traded as part of a multiplayer deal with Cincinnati. Were you surprised or did you see it coming?
9: No, I saw that I was going to get traded because uh, they were talking about Philadelphia at the time. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you the truth. My wife and I, we thought about it. We said, "Are oh, we're going to go to Philadelphia. And when the answer was at the time, no, because... I had gone through the rebuilding there with the Astros and so forth, and, and Philadelphia was the worst team, and they were mm-hmm. going to start over, and I just wasn't going to do it. And being blunt with you, one of the reasons Philadelphia came up is because I did not get along with the manager, and the manager wanted to send me someplace where you know he was punishing me, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I look back on my years in, in Houston, and I, I'm very proud of myself and my teammates you know, because of some of the stuff we had to go through. And, um, you know, so I, I wasn't surprised that I got traded. I was surprised that there was the uh, Reds, because at the time, like I said, it looked like I was going to Philadelphia. And my wife and I were laying in bed one night. We said, we're not going. And that's the way we we ended up that night. Because, hey, let's face it, I wasn't making a lot of money back then anyway. <laughs> so it wasn't like you're giving up a lot to, you know, to, to go work and whatever. And I always felt like, I wanted to be a business person, and I was going to try to open my own business or something like that. But, no, my days in Houston, I still have the fondest memories of my first at-bat in the big leagues. My first everything went with Houston. And, and like I said, I get a little annoyed sometimes when people act like, well, the Reds taught me how to play. No, the Astros taught me how to play. Alright, Joe Morgan, always good to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, man, and good luck to
3: you
11: guys. Joe Morgan grew up in Bonham, Texas. At age 19, he attracted little interest from Major League clubs. His 5'7 stature did not prevent the Colt 45s from offering him a pro contract in 1962, but his perseverance was vital in order to reach the Major Leagues quickly. In 1963, Morgan was in the all-rookie lineup for the Colt 45s September 27th at age 19. He cracked the starting lineup permanently in 1965, leading the National League in walks with 97, and scoring 100 runs on his way to the Sporting News Rookie of the Year Award. Speed was his game at that time. The power came later. Gene Elston described a Morgan stolen base in 1965, the first of 14 seasons with at least 20 steals.
0: John Kennedy comes out to have a few words with Drysdale. A two-out single by Morgan, a ground ball into right field, has put a runner on for Houston. There's Lee May batter, and Drysdale's look over to first. Morgan breaks on the first pitch. throw, not in time. Steal of second, is second tonight.
11: As Joe told Robert Ford, his first year in the majors was the most important for his confidence. Well,
9: being a small guy as I was, you know, there was always skepticism. So I was never convinced until I finished my first year. And I proved that I could play every day, because that was one of the things back in the day. I was five seven, 150 pounds. And I played 90 straight games my rookie year. Uh-huh. And and after that, they didn't question me anymore about whether I could, you know, understand the rigors of a whole season. So I, I was convinced then I was a big leaguer, and all I wanted to do was get better. Everybody thinks, you know, after I got to Cincinnati, I became a good player, and blah blah blah. Well, I learned how to play baseball in Houston. They taught me there. I had great, great instructors. Bob Lillis, who was manager there after a while, uh, Eddie Casco, Joe Gaines, Nellie Fox was my favorite. I idolized Nellie Fox when I was a kid, and Jackie Robinson. Those were my two heroes. And then I want—I don't want to forget Walt Bond and Lee May. Those guys taught me how to play the game. And by the time I got to Cincinnati, I already knew how to play. I just came to a team that all of my skills blended in well with. Some great players, you know, Bench, Rose, Perez, Foster, Griffey, all those guys. And the things that I did worked in so well, but I knew how to play when I got here. And so I want to make that point. I learned how to be a baseball player in Houston. Little Joe became
11: the first position player with the Astros to make an all-star team in 1966. He reached the 40 stolen base plateau in 1969, 70, and 71, but that wasn't enough to keep him in Houston. He was traded to Cincinnati in the winter of 1971 in one of the worst trades the Astros' ever made. He had as many as 15 home runs and as many as 53 RBI in a single season at Houston from 1963 to 71, but he hadn't blossomed yet as a hitter. Tutored by Hall of Famer to be Nellie Fox on the nuances of playing second base, Morgan later became a far better player than Fox. He joined the Big Red Machine in 1972 and fit in perfectly with that dynamic offense. In his back-to-back MVP seasons of 1975 and 76, Little Joe totaled 44 homers, two 205 RBI, 220 runs scored, 120 steals, 246 walks and only 93 strikeouts in those two MVP seasons. In addition to Morgan, the Reds obtained Jack Billingham, Cesar Geronimo, Ed Armbrister, and Dennis Menke for Lee May, Jimmy Stewart, and Tommy Helms. Billingham became a consistent winner for Cincinnati. Geronimo turned into a gold glover who was a pesky eighth-place hitter. Menke was a consistent hitting threat. For the Astros, May delivered big numbers, but GM Speck Richardson had to live with being beaten often by the players he traded away in that deal. Morgan returned to Houston as a free agent in 1980, contributing to a a playoff team by leading the league in walks for the fourth time with 93. Gene Elston linked a Morgan walk to a Lou Gehrig milestone.
0: Here's the windup by Lee and the 3-0 pitch to Morgan. That's ball four. Well, he just tied Lou Gehrig. Boy, there's a name right there that you like to be associated with in baseball. 1,508 walks for Morgan during his career tied for ninth place on the all-time bases on balls list now with Gary.
11: Morgan's OPS plus number was 120 for his 10 seasons in Houston. He stole 219 bases and scored 597 runs. He did strike a blow against his former Reds teammates when the Astros were on their way to the title in 1980. One ball and no
0: strikes on Morgan here in the top of the seventh. They're Morgan uh, pretty well all over the place. Uh, Foster a little bit over at the left side and and Griffey pulling him a little bit in right and Collins straight away in center field call strike Morgan looks at one uh, right around the knees on the outside one to one two outs here in the seventh Dave Bergman on second base one ball one strike pitch by Pastore long drive to right to the fence on that one and that's gone home run joe morgan the astros lead it four to
11: two morgan was inducted into the national baseball hall of fame in 1990 and he joins the astros hall of fame in 2019 presented by houston methodist
2: hey rob bradford here you guys know i'm always up for a good mvp story and one of the best